Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church dear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-A-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? Uh, you know what? That one works. Blake, have you ever been to Disneyland? Well, in fifth grade, we had to decide between a Disneyland trip or a pool. So, no, I've never been to Disneyland. Welcome to the Church Gear Podcast, where we pull the tech director out of the booth and onto the stage to share the most outlandish stories and hidden wisdom from the tech trenches. And now, here are your hosts. I'm your host, Blake Hodges, a man who definitely knows how to pick between possessions and experiences. And I'm here with my boss, who doesn't like pools or Disneyland, Toby Walters. Uh, That's a straight up lie. I love both those things, but... I deny my children both those things on a regular basis. Oh, they've never gone to Disneyland? They have. They've been there twice, um, but they keep asking to go back. And my wife and I just keep like pushing on that. We're like, well, it's too hot in the summer. Well, it's COVID. Well, so, you know, we'll see. Um, But the pool thing, our daughter the other day asked for a pool. She's like, why can't we have a pool? Our neighbors have a pool. Our friends have a pool. And my wife said, well, do you want to help pay for a pool? She's like, well, how much is a pool? My wife says, well, with our backyard, it will be at least $100,000. On that Tennessee limestone. And our backyard is on like a full slope. So there'd have to be super grading that had to be done. So once our daughter understood the cost of it, she was like, oh, never mind. Hey, I'm glad you actually had that conversation because a lot of kids in this area of the woods. I might get in trouble saying this. They kind of get whatever they want. So uh, it's kind of, yes, it's good that she was educated on the cost of things. So speaking of Disneyland, I mean, growing up in Southern California, I went to Disneyland growing up like Disney World was just sort of this magical kingdom that was, you know, across the the country, across the pond. Yeah, which is, I guess, literally what it is. But it was never an option for us to go to Disney World. So Disneyland was kind of the thing. And we'd just drive up from San Diego and we'd go for a day and then we'd drive home at night. It's totally different than, you know, families in Tennessee that go down to Disney World for like a week. Yeah, what you just described, though, sounds very ideal. That's very enjoyable. You get the, all the fun and you don't have to stay in a scary hotel room. Especially for the parents paying for it and being exhausted after like 47 minutes of trailing their kids around. But there's there was one time where I... Thought I was at Disneyland, but I wasn't. Oh, no. Where were you? It was it's very close, like, you know, maybe 15 miles away. Was it VBS? It was Saddleback Church. (laughs) Now, were you a kid at this time? No, I was an adult at this time. I mean, I was 26. So how much of an adult is that? Yeah, not very much. Not very much. So, I mean, I don't want to say like Saddleback doesn't have roller coasters and cartoon characters walking around, but their grounds is so beautiful that like I literally felt like, am I at a different like one of the lands at Disneyland and this is just like church land? Well, they do say that Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. And for, you know, a gear guy like yourself being around all that, you know, what I would assume is amazing setup probably felt like the happiest place on earth in Disneyland. A little bit. Yes. So I went up for the Purpose Driven Worship Conference 
And um, I was invited to submit a song to their songwriting competition. And guess who won? Please don't tell me you won. Blake, I won. Oh, my gosh. Now, when I say I won, like, that's a little bit of a stretch. I won enough that they took my song and they put it on the Purpose Driven Worship compilation record from that year. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. And I beat out, and I won't say his name, Tim Timmons, but I beat him out. And if anybody knows who Tim Timmons is, he's a very successful, like, songwriter, worship leader, like, has gone on to have a great career in Christian music. And I have not. But I just want to, like, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, Tim Timmons, but I did beat him in that one songwriting competition. One could say that's his villain origin story is that you beat him, he felt scorned, and he put all of his efforts into proving you wrong. And one day, he's going to show up at your door and and say how many accomplishments he had. He, yeah, he probably would because he lives in Franklin now. (laughs) Does he really? Yes, he does. (laughs) Oh, no. So, uh, you know, as far as a career arc, yes, he won. But uh, also, no, at we this, didn't. You have a podcast. Church Gear is an empire. He doesn't have a Blake. That's exactly. Sure. Yeah. No. Yes. You beat him. Wow. If that's winning, <laughs> then I'm sad. So uh, another thing that I got invited to do at this uh, worship conference is they had all these like side stages, and they said to you know all the songwriters that submitted songs, if you want to have an opportunity to play at one of these side stages, we have like several set up. And I was like, that sounds like fun. So I was kind of in between, you know, iterations of my band back then. This was when I was, you know, young and had all that energy to put together bands. You mean the band that's still the cover photo of your Facebook profile? That was a later iteration, but yes, I'm okay. still holding on to that youth. I can tell. I'm still waiting for the day when you change that to church gear or the podcast or something like that. Or your face. Is that I, what you're hoping you know, for? No, I was going to animate you and I's faces and do something. So... um, I had I had my regular drummer and my regular bass player, but I was in between guitarists at the moment. So I asked a friend from church, and this friend was like, "Oh yeah, totally come up. This will be great." And I I don't usually mention my name in the same breath of these people, but he also played with the Beach Boys. Oh, nice. Wait played. a minute, is this Sutton? No, it's not. Oh no, is this? this a- see, I usually rub shoulders with people that have done much greater things than me you were the one exception oh please please but it was so fun to like you know our three-piece normal band and then this guitar player who played with the beach boys is just like doing his thing on top of the music and we're just like trying not to be distracted while watching him do his thing and then people would just come and like stand and just watch him do his thing and it it was a lot of fun that's awesome he also wrote the home depot jingle wait a minute the Dun, 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 dun. So that's the new one. It was the it was the last one. It's like dun 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 dun. I was gonna dun, say dun, 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 dun. So so he made dads across America just jump up and oh, cheer yeah. every time. Yes, it just tickled them in happy places, you know. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> okay, so then is that the uh, conclusion of Disneyland, or did you find Mickey Mouse and Saddleback as well? I mean, is I could talk all day about how amazing that campus is the worship center but i mean we should probably just ask somebody who knows a little bit more about it we should because i you know you at 26 that was let me do some math here 100 years ago so i'm curious it was 98 years ago (laughs) i'm curious as to how much it's grown even from then so introducing the director of production at saddleback church dennis Choi. dennis welcome to the podcast hey guys um you guys are fascinating. I could sit and just listen. 
I just just keep talking. I just I'll just listen to you guys go story after story. That that is uh, amazing um, and interesting and sometimes odd. But hey, it's okay. You guys work well together. Let me tell you. I mean, so, that's usually thanks. how people describe Blake and I. I'm interesting. Okay. I'm fascinating. Blake is odd. That was honestly that was gotcha. so good. I'm not gonna counter it. That's great. We should get shirts that say interesting and odd on them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that can be. That's I, I like that. Those are your, those are your call signs, guys. Mm. Those are, that's that's in right now. That's your call mm-hmm. sign, like Maverick okay. and Goose. Yes, interesting yes. and odd. Which Dennis? Yes. Give me your take. Have you seen it? Is it is it better than the original? Let me just say, I don't often see movies twice, and I've seen it twice already. That's my guy. Okay. Yes, and you know what's even more amazing is my kids who are not older. They're in high school. Um, they loved it, and they one of them never saw the original. See, so that tells you something. That's amazing. My wife also had never seen the original, and then she really loved the ending. She was the, the beginning of Top Gun Maverick. She was a little like, I don't know what's going on. And the second the yeah. mission started, I mean, she was locked in. I right. actually watched Top Gun for the first time uh, working at Church Gear because, you know, Toby's oh. got all of these different um, movies I have to gotcha. see. And Dur- our, during work hours? That's great. It was. <laughs> well, <laughs> did you know that? That's, I mean, I'm well, just, hang know. on. Let me explain. During the early iteration of Church Gear, before we had some software that did a lot of stuff, there was literally hours and hours of just copy pasting stuff because of the way that mm. it, it takes to list gear. So I was like, I'll watch Top Gun. So Toby will, you know, give me some points for seeing a movie. Yeah, but the points all go away when you're like, hey, I watched Top Gun. Meh. Hang on. I said it was, you know, fine. But mm. I also watched all 10 seasons of The Office during that time. It was oh. it was a wild ride. Um, that's a tough comparison. Yeah. Office and Top Gun. You can't put those side by side because that's that's a rough. It's like interesting you know. and odd. Well, yeah. You know what? That's you're exactly right. Yeah, the, those the are our signs. call signs, though. I, yes, I, I love yes. it. So, Dennis, uh, as as chummy as a guy you are, I do I do <laughs> hear that you you're gonna lie to us. Is that true? Oh, um, yeah. Sorry, guys. No, I it's need to lie. It's okay. We you're, enjoy it actually. Yeah, you're following instructions, okay. which is which is appreciated. So here, I'm gonna read yeah. out your five lies, and we'll see if we can crack the case. Number one, I like to eat Swedish fish when I travel. Number two. I only drink ginger ale on airplanes. I might believe that because I tend to drink ginger ale on airplanes. Yeah. It's good for the tum-tum. It, well, it is. And also, these are two travel-related ones. So I'm starting mm. to think Dennis has had some mm. travel recently. Mm. Number three, I once ran an S-video cable across a parking lot on a weekly basis so we could have a live feed to one of our venues. In in the notes, it says weekly bases. Hmm. Like basis basis. So I don't well, know number who one, that. I, I don't even know if people know what an S video cable is anyway. I so do. that's that's first thing. So <laughs> <laughs> that was high quality. Toby, that was high quality. I know it's what you that ran like, your DVD player to your TV yeah. with. That was like HD back then. Yeah. Just that's the comparison. Here's the thing. Right now, Dennis is recording in California two hours early. It's like 830 for us. So we're barely awake. And he got up early for a podcast. So that tells me he's the kind of guy that would do something like that weekly. So mm. I, I, I'm going to already count that out as being one of the okay. lies. Well, keep going. Number four, I turned down becoming an FBI agent to work in ministry. Ooh. If this is not true, Dennis, this is a total tease because I want to hear more about that. Yes. Mm. I had a friend who turned down an opportunity to be a CIA agent to be in ministry. Okay. So 
we're we're gonna have that conversation in a minute. Okay, so we'll either Ooh. have two two of those stories, or that's our backup if he ends up, you know, that being the lie, which would be a bummer. Mm. Number five, I had the opportunity to mix for Switchfoot. I have another story about Switchfoot. Dang it. Okay. Mm. So, mm. well, were they were they guys were they all supposed to be lies or truths? Let's start there. <laughs> okay, we oh, have continuously okay. joked. I keep putting it out <laughs> to the universe. I want someone to give me all lies, and that would be hysterical because I don't know these ahead of time, or at least I try not to. As the producer, okay. But. So I feel like these travel ones are just like low hanging fruit. So I'm just going to mark those off because they're just not that interesting. Like then mm. we start to get more and more interesting and then especially the FBI and Switchfoot. Mm. So mm. Blake, I don't know that you know this and Dennis, you may correct me if I'm wrong, but North Coast Church is essentially like the church where Switchfoot grew up at, the Foreman Brothers, right? Their well, dad is the pastor. Well, so here's the funny story. There is a North Coast Calvary Chapel. That is actually where... Uh, Saddle or uh, excuse me, where Switchfoot grew up. This where North Coast Church is a different. So very often confused. Very 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 often confused. I wonder why, Dennis. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> two North Coasts in the north uh, in in the you know yeah. northern how, San Diego area. Is that funny or what? <laughs> how far away from each other are they? Very close, probably within. Six miles of each yeah. other, seven miles of each other. Yeah, I wonder why that'd be confusing, Blake. Well, hang on, even more so. They're called the North Coast, but they're on the West Coast. Well, the North County of San Diego. Is this is where is this where Kim Kardashian got the name Northwest? Because like it was born on the <laughs> Northwest Coast. I mean, no, this doesn't make any sense. It's, no. It is very because we're in Southern California too. So in Southern California, you have, you're the North Coast of San Diego, which is south of LA, which is in Southern California, but yeah. we're north. Yes. So now we've got Northwest and South. So how do we squeeze in yeah. East to that? Okay. It, I'm just going to go with the FBI one. Cause I'm, I'm lost. So I'm okay. locking in that he was, you know, going to be an FBI agent. Since you said the switchfoot thing, I thought it was going to be just another artist mm. and that's the easy switch. But now I know that's not true or that's probably true. And so is the SD cable. I'm going to say Swedish fish. That's not the thing I would eat on a plane. It's too chewy. So I'm going to say it's probably has a he has a different snack he likes to eat when he travels. Dennis, mm. we're locking in. I've got Swedish fish. He's got CIA or FBI. Wow. Um, okay. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. You ready for the answer? Um, I played a mind game with you guys. Oh, man. And, I, and the simplest one is not the truth. So I don't only drink ginger ale on airplanes i drink it other places too oh my okay gosh. so just just know that hey it was so obvious i thought hmm, okay let's see where we go with this but th- that is the not truth because i do drink ginger ale and i drink diet Werner's ginger ale too which is actually really nice so well see i feel like your lie is even a lie because you could say that <laughs> i only what? drink ginger ale on airplanes or yes. <laughs> on airplanes i only drink air ginger ale you know you can look at it yeah. either way you could. Do so you, that was the the trick, the are, mind trick. Are there guys. other beverages on a plane that you partake in? Yes, if they have Coke Zero, I will t- partake in Coke Zero oh. on on airplanes. Here's so. a fun fact. You know yeah. why Coke Zero exists, and we also have Diet Coke. Uh, men apparently thought Diet Coke was too feminine, so Coca Cola literally came out with Coke Zero because that would get the uh, the dudes to actually drink it. So. It, Fun it, fact, it worked. It worked on me. <laughs> it, it worked, worked on, on me, me too. I, I'm a I'm a zero guy. Okay, just so you know. <laughs> well, I'm a zero guy as well. If you t- ask Toby about me, but for other reasons. So, okay, I want to talk about the FBI. Tell us about that. Okay, 
Yes. So in my youthful days, I wanted to be an FBI agent. Um, and at that time, I did not have a degree, which uh, if you guys know, if you need to have a degree and then you can apply. Uh, but you can also apply for other positions at the FBI that don't require that to be a special agent. So you had to go down. I went down to the federal building. You have to take a test just to get an application. You have to get take a test. Right. So you have to go to the federal building. building. Uh, there was 100 of us in a room. We took a test. It was a 28 page test. All kinds of random questions like you would think the FBI would ask you. Just random things and some math questions, but some just like basic. What would you do in this situation kind of thing? A, B or C? Um, and so at the end of the, you know, they, they turn in the tests, uh, you wait in another room, they grade them all, and then they just start calling your name. Uh, and out of 100 people, 10 of us passed. So we go into another room and then they say, okay, great, you passed the test. Now we can give you an application. And it's a 28 page application back then. I know I'm going to date myself, but you had to type it. You had to actually type it, get it in typewriters. So you had to, you know, and then they said, then they started going over the background check piece back then. And they said, okay, just so you know, if you uh, have any relatives outside of the US, any relatives at all, uh, your background check will take a minimum of one year. Just, just, to go through the background check. Wow. Uh, which makes sense, right? I mean, FBI agent, you, they just, mm -hmm. they're very thorough, right? I have to be. And so um, at that point, <laughs> it's it's true. I did turn down pursuing that from that point on to go to go into ministry because I felt like I couldn't put my life on a hold for a year and a half uh, to pursue really what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the FBI. So that, that's my story on that. Is there a, a chance that, you know, Saddleback will wash you out and then you'll go back to the FBI? Yeah, it's always my backup plan, guys. Always. Sweet. So I think the process is faster now with digital <laughs> things. I think it goes a lot faster. But Unless you're actually undercover <laughs> that's at Saddleback. You beat me to it. So it's, yeah, guys, like that's that's the story within the story. I can't I can't tell you more <laughs> right now. So, so uh, a good friend of mine, um, he did the like the whole CIA operative training program he got to the final stage to like be a secret agent essentially like i kept asking him i'm like like in the movies he's like essentially did he fail because he kept telling you updates about it he well this was years later but he like they essentially were like well we're ready to move you to the final stage and we want to talk to you about you know some of the benefits we offer including like counseling and recovery programs and he's like what and they said, oh, yeah, we have all sorts of counseling and recovery services for our operatives because, I mean, most of them get divorced, become alcoholics, become drug addicts. He's like, what now? And they're like, oh, yeah, you're like out in the field for months by yourself. And like it's ex like terrifying for your your mind and your psyche. And so most of their operatives turn to bad things to cope. And he just started rethinking <laughs> His life choices at that point. Do I want to almost guarantee that I'm going to get divorced? I'm going to become an addict of some sort. And so he was like, at that point, I think I'm going to go a different route. Oh, my gosh. This sounds just like we were interviewing some drivers for church gear. And at <laughs> midway through the interview, I'd be like, now let me talk you out of it. It's a long hours on the road. You can get kind of lonely. The gear can be heavy. But man, I thought that sounded bad. That's way worse. Okay. Yes. Tell us about uh, mixing for Switchfoot or almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I did actually mix for Switchfoot, um, but I don't know. I actually, uh, well, let me back up. I mixed for a band called Etc. ETC, 
BTC, hmm. et cetera, is the name of the band. That was Switchfoot before they became Switchfoot. What? So they were, I didn't know yeah, that. They were, yeah, you can look up. They still have, um, I believe there's some stuff on on Spotify, but they uh, they were in high school and they had a band. It was the form of two brothers and then a drummer. And um, <laughs> we had this event at North Coast. It was in a backyard, a huge backyard, but we had a, a couple bands play and they weren't the headliners. They weren't. Uh, there was another band that's in later. Um, and so I mixed on this 16 channel Ramza. Yes. Right? That's what we had. 16 channel Ramza. Okay. Mm, with Ramza speakers. Right. They, uh, they were really simple. They didn't need a lot, uh, but they actually, they were in the jacuzzi because this house had a jacuzzi right before they're supposed to go on. And we're on in the grass set up microphones, everything set up on the grass. And, you know, I'm like, hey guys, you're like need to get up in like 10 minutes. You're up on, on you know on stage, and they're like, oh, so they jump out of the jacuzzi in just in their wet swim trunks and everything, and they they just run over. They don't even dry off or anything. And and uh, I think it was John so grabs a mic and he's like, oh, ouch! I felt like a little shock. And I'm like, yeah, you're you're wet. <laughs> Why would you? So and they played their little set mixed. And again, I did that wasn't Switchfoot at the time, so it was like, oh, just. A, bunch of high school kids and kind of a fun band wow that's awesome and then years later it's like oh here's switchfoot grammy winning and all that stuff it's, it's amazing did, so did they ask you to come <laughs> back and mix for them again yeah they wanted me to tour with them guys but you know i mean i just have other important things to do like but. the fbi hang on a second are you are you being <laughs> facetious there are you joking because like we've had multiple people say on the podcast like they mix for one band and they were like yeah can you go on the road like tomorrow yeah yeah, they uh, they broke up uh, shortly after that. Probably it was because of my mix, but hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, they you created Switchfoot. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Formed out of. See, this is the origin story. This that's is the right. origin story of Switchfoot. This is how they started. They would never even know the origin story. Uh, no, they uh, they actually broke up as a band, I believe, after that, and then they formed Switchfoot. You know, later because um, they're just high school kids. You know, playing around. Mm. So, so how, how long are you good to be? Well, I was going to say that I'm trying to think of the year. I think it was like, do you know what year that was, Dennis? Roughly. It's going to turn out that Toby was at this event with you somehow. No, I wasn't. Could, <laughs> um, that would have been, uh, I want to date myself, Toby. Thanks for doing that. You're welcome. Okay. Um, <laughs> that would have been like 98. Okay. So 90, maybe, maybe, no, it have been early in that. Cause I think they were maybe a man, but 96. So I'm trying to remember my date, but, you know, somewhere around 2000, 2001, their manager at the time, um, his mom was really good friends with my mom. So through the mom channel, um, he called me up and he said, you know, yeah, my mom says you're looking for some work. We're actually looking for somebody to help with merchandise for Switchfoot. And so I I mean, it never happened, but. I I like to say I almost got hired by Switchfoot to, you know, be be essentially the the fifth member, you know. (laughs) Well, if you can if you can find their their CD, et cetera, if it's still out there, you should get that because that was the origin of Switchfoot was a band called et cetera. That's not a terrible name. No, I I like that. So then uh, one last thing on your truce and a lie before we move on. Uh, How long were you running that S video cable out? Was that like a year? Was that months? 
yeah, it was probably, so we didn't, uh, so video venues uh, for the world, as far as we know, started in 98, North Coast Church, multiple venues with different styles of music and worship. Uh, we didn't own all the business park buildings around us, so literally had to run a cable around the ground because back then there wasn't a lot of technology, especially wireless you know, to have to go from building to building and we didn't own them. So we had to do that temporarily every, uh, you know, every weekend. And so that, that was probably, well, I think there was a limit on this video was I think 300 feet at that time. And it was probably about 250, you know, from building up down across. And I mean, it was a driveway. There was cars that would drive over it <laughs> during service as they get to the parking lot. And we just prayed that it would work, you know, that it would stay plugged in. And, you know, if you know anything about it, it's terrible cable. I mean, it was just, you know, there's no, it doesn't really lock in or anything like that. There's no BNC. So it's like, I could just pull out or fall out, you know, kind of thing. And it wasn't, you know, so it was just a, uh, it was just something you had to do, you know, guerrilla ministry, guys. We all have to do it, you know. Yep. Guerrilla ministry. I love it. Mm. So <laughs> speaking of being in the jungle, uh, you, you've come <laughs> through the jungle in a quite impressive fashion. I mean, I want to get your background here. I mean, how how did Dennis Choi become Dennis Choi, a guy who speaks at Philo, NAB, Infocom, Salt, NAM? I mean, you're at all wow. the things, man. Like, And nobody yeah. calls it NAB. Oh boy, <laughs> is it is it dab? <laughs> it's NAB. NAB. Blake's, Blake's a frequent NAB attendee, huh? Sounds like no, I dab at NAB. <laughs> NAB is yes, um, yeah. You know, um, uh, obviously, it's uh, it's just grace and mercy from God, just in the right places. I, you know, I think you probably maybe you. Um, asked your different guests that are that are working in production, church production or whatever. And I don't know if you've asked, I used to ask that question all the time when I would teach sessions, like how many of you trained for this professionally to be in this role? And usually 90% of the time, it's like nobody, you know, I mean, you know, or just a few, you know, people that went to school to be into production and for church, you know, right. They just wasn't. So, I'm that same story. I mean, uh, you know, the kid that, you know, wanted to play with all the equipment at my church and they let me and then I became a youth pastor. And, you know, most youth pastors are probably the most cutting edge technology wise because they utilize all the tools every way they can. And so that was my learning experience. I grew up in a church called Whittier Area. It's Whittier Community Church. Um, That was Whittier Area Baptist Fellowship back in the day. And it was a very progressive Baptist church at the time where we had a video projector. Um, again, I'm dating myself, but that's when we were still using slide projectors. Nobody had video projectors. Um, we had, um, we did a full band, but we also did a full orchestra. We did dramas on stage. We did, and the guys there just, I just, I played with all the tools. I, I, I edited things. I, I what age are you the in, in these, in these moments? What, what age are you starting at? Yeah, yeah this was um, all through high school. Um, so, you know, 16 to 18, then again, I became like an intern at 19, 18, uh, right after I graduated high school. And, uh, I just used all the tools that were available at the church, you know, always getting in trouble because you don't put it back. Right. And all those things. It's like, Hey, who, who used this last? And it was a bigger church. I mean, it, you know, it was, so there was, the technology was good and I got to play with all that. And then there were these guys that there that were really professionals in industry. Some of them worked for Disney. And so they would show me stuff. They'd show me lighting, you know, back then and, you know, two point, three point, you know, how to light up, you know, shadows and all those things. So just, 
just just learning those things because I wanted to learn them to help youth ministry. That's really what happened. And so that just grew that you, you never know why you learn all those things, right? Because I want to be a youth pastor. You never know why you learn those things, but then God puts it all together. So then we're in, I'm at North Coast Church. I'm um, I'm the ninth and 10th grade high school pastor at, at North Coast Church. And um, Larry Osborne Times says, you know, hey, we're, we're starting something new that we've never done before. It's this video venue idea where we're going to do live worship in another room. Because, you know, you know, everybody had a, an overflow room, you know, right? A video feed into another room. But um, Larry, the genius that he is, he's like, this is a punishment for people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, usually it's the people, you know, you're late. Usually it's your new people because they don't know the time. So you're late and you, they get put in a room with a TV or, or a projector. No interaction. They sit there and you go, oh, that's overflow. That's great. And they're like, this is the worst experience of my life. I've never come back to church. And so his idea was to make it live, make everything live except for the teaching. Wow. What a concept, right? It, it is like so funny, like serve coffee. You know, this is back in like 98, like nobody served coffee in service. But it was like, no, you can't bring right now. It's common, but people wouldn't even know that second life. And so we needed obviously two teams of technology and people to run those instead of just the one team that, you know, the same guys serve every single weekend and there's no, so they asked me because I've built teams before and I knew technology. That was really it. The reason, and it just took off from there was, was just growing. Um, and so just, you know, building venues, uh, installing gear, building teams of technology people. And then North coast, uh, was there 25 years and uh, oh, long different story. Yeah. Long, different story. We won't go into super detail, but, um, basically just kept adding different teams to my plate. Um, so it started with production youth, but then I jumped in production, which we didn't have production team. I started that built that, um, and then added different other technology teams to my plate just cause, I guess because I was a leader, you know, that uh, could lead and not just do, right? And that's kind of stuff I teach now is is going from a doer to a leader in your role, especially as a doer, right? So much of us do. Um, so just, yeah, building that. Um, and then uh, uh, the kind of turning point, I think, for me in production is, uh, you know, I was looking around, we're a multi-site mega church, and, and I didn't know anybody else doing what I do in production or technology. So I just reached out to... 10 of the largest churches in America. I just reached out and said, who's your like technical person? I don't know. That was probably in 2000, uh, early 2000, I think. And that was, this is where I met some of the friends that I, I still have today that are not in church anymore, but doing other things like Todd Elliott, uh, Jeff Vandergeese and different guys around the country that were at churches at some of the largest churches. And uh, we just, I brought them into San Diego and we did this like two day. I just led this kind of two day round table. And that's how we got connected. And so then that was just the passion of continuing to try to bring production people. So I, I continued on and production was just one of the teams I oversaw. It ended up being like 16 teams, burnout, made mistakes. That's a whole different story for a different podcast. But, um, and um, I realized I, you know, I, I didn't even know I was burned out. That That's really what happened. They, um, so let's talk and, about uh, team building. I want to, capitalize on this. Um, So, you know, 1998, you're starting to build teams and fast forward 24 years to 2022 post COVID. We've seen this 
time and time and time again at churches we're going to during and post COVID. They're like, we ask them, how big is your production team? And they say, oh, there's, you know, three or four of us now. But pre COVID, we were nine or 12. Um, we've just seen teams decimated. So talk to us like, what was the difference back then versus like, how has it been for you post COVID yeah. to build a production team? Yeah, I think what you're hearing around the country is absolutely still happening, even to the healthiest churches. I mean, COVID devastated a volunteer team um, and uh, volunteers in general, um, and some of them just didn't come back for a lot of reasons, not just to your church, but just, you know, to to volunteering. Um, So I think we're all in a rebuilding season, every single one of us. We need to rebuild and I think we're going to rebuild from within. I mean, there's a trend that you guys probably have heard. You've probably interviewed people that um, it's, it's hard for a church to hire a technical person right now. We've been seeing a lot of, you know, of the the secular world stealing church techs. I mean, just mercilessly, yeah. easily with mm-hmm. bigger salaries mm-hmm. and easier working conditions. And suddenly it's yeah. like the churches, yeah. I think, is in a big moment right now of having to figure out how do we redo the church tech role so we can keep and attract these awesome people. Yeah, it is Blake. I think, um, so we all know production work is hard regardless, right? I, I, whenever I teach, um, I, I usually say, you know, church production is the hardest job at church. And I do the whole thing about this perfect being normal where, you know, if everything goes right, um, everything gives right, every hit cue is hit, every piece of gear works the way it's supposed to, we're not even supposed to be seen. We're not even supposed to be acknowledged, right? We're only acknowledged when something goes wrong, right? And so that's a pretty hard line in job because most other positions get accolade and praise, right? I mean, if I don't get a pat on the on the head from Toby, you know, once a day, my morale starts to go down. (laughs) It's exhausting. I could not make it in production. But that's the thing. The funny thing is, like in production, you're not supposed to get that because when everything's right, you're not even supposed to be there. Right. And so that's where it's so hard. But and, and then you add the and that's in general in any production, right? You're running switchwood or whatever band, right? That's that you're supposed to be seamless. Okay. But then in the church world, you add this whole layer of like grace and mercy and people dynamics where this high expectation, right? Of man, it's gotta be like a concert that I went to the other day. It's like, yeah, but you don't understand the resources that go into that concert, right? So you have this high level expectation that you have to reach too. So I really believe, and this is my, what I try to minister to, to church tech people is that there's an extra layer of just, not just production, which is just hard work by itself alone uh, in the church world. And I think that's why we're seeing people leave and not come, come back and go, Hey, I'll just go to regular production. I mean, if I'm not going to, if I got to deal with all these things too, and these unset expectations at churches and people don't understand what they're asking for, then I'll just go to the real world, get paid a ton more and still have the same production, you know, stress that there is normally, but I don't have this extra layer of churches. And I I really feel like that's why we're seeing them, you know, people leaving the church world. Well, so we, we really wanted to ask you about teams, but now we've stumbled into this. And so I want to ask one more (laughs) follow-up on that. If you, what would you say to someone right now that is in production and either thinking about leaving or needs yeah. to have that hard conversation of of those unrealistic expectations, the amount of resources they've been given? I mean, I think it's very telling yeah. when you look at our our podcast, even the microcosm of we've put out, you know, the point the point this episode comes out like a little around 20 episodes. You know what our like second most downloaded is all the time? Burnout. Like we have an episode about burnout and 
that one right. always gets the plays. And I think that's right. really telling and scary. So what, what would you say to those church techs that are feeling all those pressures? Yeah, so dissecting my burnout, what happened with me, um, it was a process. Um, and I was incubated in COVID during the time. And so I, I had to, I couldn't even do work. You know, it was God's blessing and curse on me that I couldn't even do anything else besides think about burnout and what happened. And, and so for me, here's, here's the simple answer for me is I lost my calling. And so what I do, what I try to do now is, is talk about and explain your calling again, because if you're going to work for a church, no matter what position it is, the calling has to be first. But we get so enamored with even, you know, if you're in a mega church, there's some pretty decent equipment, church gear. Hey, there's, there's pretty decent gear that you get to use, right? And there's a draw to that. Like, ooh, I get to mix on that, or I get to run that line. Ooh, I get to use these new fixtures. Or they're saying they're, they want somebody to come in and buy new stuff. Wow, that sounds exciting. There's an excitement to that, but that's usually led in production or technology. You, It's usually led that way, right? By the gear and stuff that you get to do instead of, like this is a calling here, and I'd I'd rather take I'd be honest I'd rather take a person with that understands their calling and their sacrifice in this area than somebody super high skilled, as long as I can teach them right because that's that's some of the issue and so I did this class at at Salt when the conference was teaching and it was teens and tech, and one of the mistakes we make is that like every church has a, a young high school or even junior high student, they throw on a console like, Oh, cool. Start playing with this. And they're great. And they learn it. Right. And pretty soon. Okay. Now we'll bring you on staff. You know, they're 16 year olds. We're going to bring on staff because you're tech. Okay. Awesome. Great. And they love this. Right. And then they get into high school and they continue to do, or, or they graduate high school and they stay on. And and then pretty soon you turn around and they're like, they're full blown, like high level, uh, you know, sophisticated tech person, production person. And um, uh, you know, they're, we, they're like, well, well, what's my career path here? I'm like, we don't know. We don't have a career path. What are you talking about? You're just you're doing this stuff. And, and they can go get great money in the industry, right? And they usually walk away. And I go, I wonder, I always go, why? Well, because nowhere in that journey did anybody teach them about calling. Mm. Like, what's your calling to this? Like, are you, there's going to be sacrifice. It's different than the real production world because because we're working for for Christ right and so do you have a calling do you understand your calling are you called to ministry right and then this is your ministry and i just feel like we just miss that step and we don't even come back to it later and then sometimes guys like me who forget it because you get so busy in the doing and the stuff that you forget about the calling and it becomes way over here and that goes with you know just just your spiritual health there's a whole another thing I can talk about with spiritual health and how, where that is and, and measuring that, gauging that along the way, because that's where, where it falls. So, so talk to us about those steps at Saddleback specifically. So, you know, you're at one of the largest churches in the country. So everybody assumes you've got this huge talent pool to draw from, from volunteers or staff members, whatever. What kind of training process, like where do you start with those people that say like, ooh, camera, that looks interesting. Ooh, soundboard. Yep. Yep. So there's, you know, it's really bring two things. There's obviously some, so and I've, I've been at Saddleback for two years. And so some of this process was in COVID. So we weren't, there wasn't a lot of recruitment training, but as we developed and what I did at North coast is what we're, we're going to be applying here. But for number one, for training with anything, guys, it's, I, I go back to what I call operational training only. You know, we're so, we get people and we're like, I, I, they don't, it's too complicated. They don't, right. But they need to know what every single knob on that console does first. 
I mean, how many churches have you been to where there's like tape across things? It's like, do not touch this ever, Dennis, ever, ever. We right? cannot tell you the amount of tape. My first couple saying. months in church gear when it's just me and Toby in the basement yeah. and I'm yeah. peeling tape yeah. off of consoles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. do not touch this, Push this button. Right. And you're like, don't you just go, I want to touch that. What does that do? Well, how come nobody, how come nobody explains what that is and why you don't need to touch it or use it right. Instead of put tape on it. So operational training for me is the basic training of anything in production. What does every knob do on that console or device? It actually applies to anything. Like if you want to be a children's worker operating your room, like where are the scissors when you do want to do a, a craft? Like if you're, I don't know if you ever volunteered and they're like, we're doing a craft today and, and you're the leader and you're like, I don't know where anything is. Like, where do they put the glue? Where yeah, the, right? Dennis, I, you were, I, I was a preschool, like worked in preschool all through college. Yeah. Uh, so I totally know what you mean, where it's like, yeah, suddenly yeah. you're, you have no goldfish and you're sprinting down like, the hall to get ah, the goldfish, yeah. the number one How currency in the, the land. <laughs> right, right. Because you're not, you weren't taught, you know, operationally, what does everything do? Where do you need all, where do you get all your stuff? And so for me, training is always that it starts with that, no matter what position you are. But then there's also the calling training as well, because in volunteers, I believe you, you got to be called to this ministry as well. It doesn't have to be your vocational calling, but it's a, it's a calling to go. I want to serve and I want to do. So, so I do something called the heart check. Right. Um, whoever wants to volunteer, you know, they however they come, whether they apply or they call or even whatever. And they say, hey, you know, I'd love to join the production team. I want to volunteer. Awesome. You know, what are you thinking? Of? Where do you want? What do you want to do? Oh, and, and, you know, they'll start telling me like, oh, I want to mix in, in the worship center. That'd be amazing work. You know, great. And then usually the first thing I say is like, great. We have a, a, a high school ministry that needs somebody to mix for them, um, you know, on the weekend. Their answer alone, guys, tells me where their heart is. Right. Because if they say, Ooh, high school. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, you know, that's not my thing. And I, I want to be in the worship. You know, that tells me, Ooh, maybe they just want to do what they want to do and not serve when you see. Right. But if they said to me, Dennis, I'll serve wherever you need, you need high school, you need, wherever, you need to pick up trash over here. I'll do that because, because I want to serve first. Right. And then I want to learn and take them. And so for me, it's, it's always this heart check and that's the calling piece, right? Are you called to serve and, and, and drive that? So it's those two things. We can get you serving if you do those two things. And then from there, it's a whole host of different training and, and, and what I'd call manager training, advanced training, you pick people, you don't just blanket train 201 or whatever you, you, that that's, you know, you guys know that's just, that's actually a waste of time. Try to get everybody through advanced training. It's like never works. That's why businesses pick managers and specific people like you'd learn much better. Let's grab you and teach you how to mic a drum kit, right? As opposed to trying to teach everybody how to do it. That may be fun to teach everybody, but you know, there's guys on the curve all the way around. And it's just, you know, some are asking dumb questions and these guys, advanced people are like, why do those guys keep asking? Gosh, can't they, don't they learn faster? Right. So you're in this tug of war kind now, of thing. So could you teach yeah. Blake to mic a drum set? Ooh. I know. I've heard miking a drum set is very difficult. Um, I literally saw a well, meme on Instagram yeah. that said, uh, "Tip on miking a drum kit." And step yeah. one, uh, mic the drum kit. Step <laughs> two, know you will die and go to heaven one day. So, <laughs> well, my first question, Toby, would be then to Blake is like, "Well, where's your heart at?" Because <laughs> if your heart's in the right place, right? And and it's funny. I, I do joke, but I do. I am, it's honest. You know, if a person's heart's in the right place, and they we do try to teach them something that they can't get, then usually I can have a very easy conversation. Like, Ooh, don't know if it's, it's your shape or your gift mix. Right. I, I, maybe this isn't good. And they're like, Oh yeah, I just want to serve wherever. Right. But where somebody's like determined to do this because they want to do it really just to do it. 
and and they think they're good at it or whatever you just I, again it's my it's their heart i go mm, maybe maybe your heart's not in the right place for this so let's, let's i feel like blake's heart's in the right place but as oh. a, a real world example so the the room we're recording in right now is a little live don't show them yet so Blake, and this is Blake's house. This and is my so home office. Blake taught to himself like, well, I'll studio, do some, Blake's studio. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll do some room dampening. So he went ahead and grabbed a single bed sheet. Okay. And put it on this the banister. Effort. This effort there. That's, I like that's his room treatment. Oh, oh that's good. <laughs> Like that's good. I this wish is, the audience could see that. That's this beautiful. is well. I post. I, I posted yesterday. This is not a good room. You know, the walls are hard. The floor is hard. We've got a couch in here. That's the only absorption that's happening. And your belly. Yes. Well, hey, that's why I wore this big shirt. And so I was like, okay, if we throw the sheet on there, even if it improves it one percent, that'll be worth it for it, me. It doesn't. You know, but, but it's cute. Yeah. You're cute you for trying. My Again, it is effort is is key right there. I okay. like the effort. So I want to talk. We are church here, <laughs> and we were hanging out with our buddies at Amplio, and they said they just did a uh, video camera package upgrade for you guys. So, like, tell us about some of your new toys. Oh man, we got new toys. Uh, yeah, so we were using an old broadcast Sony broadcast. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say names, right? Brand manufacturers. I mean, I we're good with it, but it's we long. don't have any sponsors, so you can say whatever you want. Got you. Okay. We're I just don't want to hurt. For, we're an no. equal hey. opportunity <laughs> here, buyer yeah. and seller. Yeah. Yeah. We were using some, about 15-year-old broadcast gear. Um, and so cameras was one of, of several upgrades we made, but it was time. Um, uh, just the main reason is we wanted to go into a more film-like look for live broadcast, right? So that's not usual usual pre or post right and then broadcast is broadcast um so that was probably the difficult challenge was picking a camera that could look like film but also do a live broadcast with tally lights and, and shading and all that stuff so there was the journey and this journey was going on before i got there it wasn't for a film like camera but it was upgrading the camera package so um so we uh out of uh, quite a few shootouts and things that happened um uh we brought all the manufacturers out um and they all fought pretty hard to get what we wanted well, yeah you said there were so. shootouts so i'm guessing they're shooting <laughs> at each other in the you know, yeah, of the it, church. it got really messy. Yeah, it got really messy, guys. But hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do for ministry. Um, so, you know, that's it. it but it was great. It was it, I appreciate all of them and in, in being able to come out. Um, but we chose uh, the red Komodo camera. Um, part of it was cost. Um, the cost of the camera was incredible. Um, but there was some big challenges with making it a live broadcast camera so like a studio broadcast studio camera and so there were some technologies and things that had to be made created uh advanced faster than some manufacturers had them to do that so we are currently live with a a, a progressive camera um in a live environment um and it's been great for us um and again i mean i i love the amplio guys i got a long history with them uh, but they really have made it possible um, with this camera in particular. So uh, Red is using kind of us as a, a lab slash show other people. This, they're really excited because, again, this is new for the Red world to have this live. Other churches were using it. I think Bayside used the Komodo in a semi-live environment, not totally live kind of a thing. Um, and so um, we're just excited. We love the look. Red has a look. 
uh, the camera just naturally has a look and uh, it, it equates very well to what we want to do and how we want to do things. So that was one of the big upgrades. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, big things, you've got, you know, work, your job is at a very big church. Uh, what are some of the very big challenges that come along with that? I mean, you know, you're, you seem cool and under pressure, but I'm sure, you know, inside your mind, there's some moments where you're just stressing out. Like what's, what's the stuff that keeps Dennis Choi up at night? Yeah, for me, um, you know, and if you've ever heard me teach or speak anything, I, I, I don't usually speak on anything technology skill training wise. It's usually all the soft uh, skills. It's the interacting with people. It's understanding creatives. It's working with your senior pastor. It's how do you become a better leader and not a doer? All these things are kind of what I inherently just love and just kind of learned, paid the dumb taxes and did things wrong. So just like anything, the larger the church staff, I wouldn't even say just the church size, the larger your church staff, the more you run into, uh, you know, different, um, I would say nicely, opinions about things, how things should look, sound, and feel, right? And you get that from all different angles, and you're like, who do I need to listen to then? Or how do I make, or those those people should just talk to each other, but they don't. And you're the person kind of in the middle going, okay, what do you want me to do? You know, And then sometimes it's in the moment, right? It's in the moment. Like one says black, one says white. And you're like, who do I listen to? What do I happen? So those are the challenges that get even larger, the larger the church is and the greater, the stronger the leaders are that are around you, right? Because as the church gets larger, they bring in stronger, better, bigger leaders <laughs> in one sense. And so part of it is the challenge of just balancing all that. Um, and, and as simple as you get a direction, like, hey, let's get new cameras. Okay, great. Um, so who is going to be the bottom line, you know, as far as what it should look and feel like, you know, cost, we can go to capital and get those things. So there's just a lot of those um, conversations that I, I tell production people all the time. Like you, if you get into production at church, you're going to deal with people more than you are with equipment. If you become the leader, right? If you become the leader, most of your job is working with people, well, speak, helping them understand. Speaking of those people, I want to, you know, circle back to the, oh gosh, I just said circle back. Uh, I want to go back to the, um, the at team. least you didn't say Nickelback. Yeah. I, th those, those business isms though. I just, I can't stand them. <laughs> let's, let's circle back. Let's regroup. Let's, let's touch, unpack that. Let's touch base. Let's, let's yeah. run back. How about that? Let's yeah, scamper let's, back. Scamper back. It, Okay, is that better? So okay. let's let's scamper back to the team building talk because again, as COVID has decimated teams, as churches are trying to rebuild, they're getting competition from secular world taking people. Like, uh, I really loved your your response on how you build someone up from the beginning uh, with that technical training, with actually the operations stuff and the heart check. So let's say you've done that with some people. Now that you've got your baseline people figured out, how are you building teams with those people? And like what? What advice would you give the churches to like the smaller churches that are trying to maybe even just build their yeah. first team? We uh, yeah. we see a lot of people who they've got one volunteer and that's it. Like how mm -hmm. what, what advice, yeah. you know, common advice have you you know come up with on building teams throughout the years? Because I feel like you've done it a lot. Yep. So the common mistake that and I still make it all the time is that uh, we put recruiting on one person. Right. Mm -hmm. The leader is supposed to recruit everybody. Like, and then they figure out different ways to do it. Well, maybe they go up and make an announcement or maybe they send an email or maybe they make a call to a couple of people. 
I've always tried to build a culture where everyone recruits on your team, right? Staff and volunteers. So I do this thing where I say, give me three names of people you know that can do your job. That's all. So no matter what position you are, if you're a lyrics operator or a camera operator or children's worker or, uh, you know, a, a, a greeter at the door, give me three names of people, you know, that can do your job. I used to do that like four or five times a year. It, 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 and then it, it becomes less and less as the culture goes because your people automatically look for it. Now, let's just say, like you said, you have three volunteers. OK. And you say, give me three names of people, you know, that can do your job. And only one of them gives you two names. Those two names are way better leads, right? If you call leads looking for somebody, then you just standing up in front and saying, hey, anybody want to join the production team, right? Because these are semi-vetted from people that are doing their job. They're not going to, they don't want to bring somebody that can't do it. They're going to look for people in their small group or maybe a family member like, oh, my brother John could do this. Yeah, he, he's just like me. Cool. Well, you know what happens? Usually they bring them and that person sits with them when they're serving. They shadow Right? They become your recruiter and your trainer. Whoa. But see, if I tried to do that, I can only do one person, right? If my team of three does that, there's three people. If my team of 10 does that, but, and that's just one name. If they gave three names, right? You just, just see the resources and reach that you could have if you push and inspire your own team to help recruit, not just you. And that's usually the mistake. It's just, it, we don't have time. We have, and we, we don't recruit, Right. Yeah, I've heard the phrase, you know, always be always be closing like sales. And then I've heard the I think it's always be knolling in the culinary scene of like cleaning up your workspace. And then it sounds like in the church tech space, always be recruiting. Um, yeah. We've experienced a little bit of that ourselves uh, in our company trying to get, you know, mm -hmm. we need drivers to pick up gear. And so like it got to a point where every single person was asking every single person they knew. And within two yeah. weeks, yeah. problem not fully solved but we, semi solved we definitely better. need a, a new and better blake too oh so I, if there's a new and better blake out there i've got blake 2.0 I've, I've got five names for would that for be blake like you need to you need to find like a drake then not a blake. <laughs> like, would, that be better, would that be the next level like drake okay yes you could get gotcha. a you could get a drake to replace me with a guy you could get a lake for a girl wow. these are just two <laughs> names rough. okay so dennis uh <laughs> we love to wrap all our episodes up with a tech takeaway um, this is, I'm going to vamp for a second slash explain it to give you a second to think of one, but, um, this is your unique, weird, strange, random piece of advice that you would say to any church tech that would make their Sunday mornings better. They're prepping for Sunday mornings better. Like, and I, I say weird or odd because, you know, everyone knows best practices. What do you feel like over the years? This is kind of your thing that you've noticed that you would advise all church techs to take up. Hmm, that's a good. Wow, you're only giving me like a second to think about that. Like, well, to be fair, millions of things run through my mind right now. I sent the out <laughs> yeah, I used to send a lot more text on these outlines of like explaining it, yeah. and then I was like, no one's going to read that. Maybe I should get back to that for the tech takeaway to, to prep. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, I'll give you something, I, and I've shared this before, but um, for me, uh, the weekends, uh, you've kind of, you've probably experienced this if you've ever been around production or worship at a church. It's it's the the sound wars every weekend, right? It's the 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 musician versus the the sound engineer. Is that a new thing? No, 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 totally. Again? I oh, okay. I literally okay. was. It's common. Yeah, I was prepping something for <laughs> yeah. next week's episode, which now at this point is yeah. in the past. Um, and one yeah. of it was talking about how oh yeah, uh, on the last service I can just play as loud as I want because no one's you yeah. know going to take yeah. me off stage at that point. I feel right, you. right. Well, that's so. One of my sayings is is no arguing on the weekends. Right. So we go into a weekend 
and you have again musicians like, oh, I forgot to tell you, I got this keyboard player coming. They'll be in, and, and then you know the sound engineer's like, why wouldn't you tell me that earlier? And why are you making my life so difficult? And there's just just this war that happens, and it, not really not on purpose. People just forget or not do things, right? And so you get in this war, but all that does is it it just takes both people out of what they're supposed to be focused on on the weekend, right? The musician or worshiper you're supposed to be focused on leading people in worship. Not worried about the sound, not worried about like you didn't get this. And so they're going, oh, my gosh, I offended the sound engineer. He's mad at me. Whoa. Or she's mad at me, whatever. And it's got and they just have this test and they forget, you know, they lose focus on what they're supposed to do. Sound engineers like you know, they lose focus, too, which they're supposed to be, you know, creating this environment, this seamless environment where people can see and hear God clearly. Right. That, that they they get focused, lose focus. because They're like, well, they did it on purpose. They don't like us. Why don't they ever tell us? We never get the prep. So there's just this thing that happens. And so I just I just remind people on team on the weekends no arguing one of you which will probably be the production just needs to kind of bow down and say hey we'll do the best job we can okay that's all we can do right do the best job we can because again arguing doesn't do anything good for the kingdom it just messes people up on their focus now come monday you can argue a little bit you can say hey it would have been great to know right you can do that offline when the weekend isn't what we're supposed to be focused on you know in the moment but we so often do it there. We get upset at each other. And so, again, it doesn't put us in a great place to serve. And it doesn't help us with our calling if we're focused on that. So that's my little advice is no arguing on the weekend. Somebody has to just bow down and go, no problem. We'll make it happen. Right. And we'll talk about this later. We'll figure this out later. So No, I love that. I mean, me and Toby argue every Saturday. So maybe we should adopt Shut it. Up, Blake. <laughs> yes. Uh, no arguing, guys, on the weekend. So. Save it for Monday, and, Blake. Okay, fine. And you guys aren't you guys aren't using your new call sign, so I'm a little disappointed. Oh, okay. shut up, Odd. You know what? Interesting. <laughs> I just we're, I'm going to get us some shirts made. That would be fun. <laughs> I love that you have to call me interesting now. Yeah. Well, you know, I've actually so I've got a long history with interesting. I tell people that's the word people use as an adjective when they don't want to say the actual adjective they want to oh, use. That's interesting. It, Very interesting. Yeah. I'm so serious. Now that I've told you, you'll notice it every time. Like when people say interesting. That means there's something they're not saying. So, yeah, uh, Dennis, what uh, wh- which one to plug, man? Where can people find you? Or maybe people shouldn't find you. I don't know. What this is your your chance? He is in the FBI. Yeah. So That's this true. is it. This is the moment, guys, where I get to give you where you need to reach me. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Uh, address, phone number, social security number. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Card, maiden okay. name. Here's here's where <laughs> maiden name mother's okay. maiden name dennis's okay, maiden it. name is still That's Troy. Good. look i yes. say a lot of things at low volume to see if people pick it up and come on odd i picked those up that's great like i really i mean odd not like odd. there we go Sorry. um um yeah so there's a an email address that i love to give out um because it's really a ministry for me it's church tech coach at gmail.com church tech coach at gmail.com and you can ask me anything if you're you know again my burnout story i've said it on other things um you can you can but i you want to ask me about it if you feel like you're getting burned out or you're close to that um reach out um email is great for me because i can answer it in the middle of the night and not have to be so urgent so anyway that's a great place um because i i love to just help help church tech people specifically because i i know that world so much um, and so please use that church tech coach at gmail.com. Love that. You should turn that into your own podcast, actually, you know, like, uh, those, those anonymous write-ins like ask or 
You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? They were really popular yeah. back in the day. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Like op-ed pieces. <laughs> yeah, like ask. Uh, it'd be like the per- the person would use a pin name. It would be a fake name, like ask. Yeah, you like know, romantic advice. Sheila, anything? Yes, but <laughs> yeah. for church tech, totally. Awesome. Well, man, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. And hey, congratulations on surviving Sunday. If you happen to make it through next Sunday as well, join us again for your weekly tech breather. Blake, do you know what people uh, of the generational age of Dennis and I do on social media? You know, interesting. I'm not sure. What do they do? We post pictures of our kids. That's true. So since you don't have any kids, I mean, you have cats. Is that what you're doing on social media? You know, uh, I actually literally posted a picture last night of my cat uh, on social media in front of the podcast, Mike, and his new podcast drops soon called Feed Me More. You're like the crazy cat lady. I'm a crazy cat guy, but um, and you know, we need to we need to get some stuff in these feeds that's not cats and not kids. You know what I mean? I, I feel you. We need some better content. You know what would be just amazing content to put in those feeds? Uh, new call signs? Uh, yes. Uh, so one, I want you to send us your call sign and tag us. And then two, I want you to post your favorite thing from this episode. You could post some audio from it. You could take a video of yourself saying your favorite moment. Maybe you could post your call sign and tag us. You know, just some feed, you know, stuff in the feed that's not kids or cats. My favorite moment from this podcast is calling you out with your room treatment of the bed sheet. Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church gear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke. That didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? You know what? That one works.